Hi, and welcome to Rebounding Faith. We're so glad you're joining us today. We're going to be talking about the concept of faith on autopilot and lukewarm faith and what Jesus said about lukewarm faith. What are the reasons we're on autopilot and how do we get back engaged? So as an ex-flight attendant, I'd like to invite you to take your seat, buckle up, sit back, relax, and let's enjoy this flight together. Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari. I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle. Welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Catherine, and I'm here with my two co-pilots for the day. <laughs> Love that. I'm yeah. Kristen. And I'm Gina. Here reporting for duty. Yes. First captain right here. Yep. Hey, little <laughs> teaser. We're going to get through our call names for the end of the day, for the end of the episode. But today, we have something fun in store, actually. We're going to be talking about the concept of autopilot and just when we go on this mode, right, of operation. And so really today, we're going to be looking at that as it compares to our desire to have a deeper relationship with God. So we're going to talk about being in a rut with God. We've all been there, and truthfully, it can cycle in and out. Um, sometimes when we go on autopilot, we pray the same prayers, we read the same verses, and for me, I even listen to the same songs. Uh, and we have the same discussions with God. So the one key word in all of this and the common denominator is the same. So I wanted to kind of tackle that topic and break it down and really look at what it means to do that. So an example of this, you guys, is I remember when I was a MOPS coordinator and we were asked to pray over the food. This is kind of a funny story. And my co-coordinator, who was just terrified to pray in public, and so she had asked me to pray for the group. Um, and so she made a joke, though, that I never forgot. And she said that the only prayer that she's comfortable with saying publicly is the one that she did with her preschoolers before they ate at home. And so the prayer is actually to the theme of Superman. And so I'm going to do this really quick. Don't hold it <laughs> okay. against me. But literally, <laughs> she did this, and I thought it was so funny and a great depiction of autopilot. And so she said it went like this. Thank you, God, for giving us food. Thank you, God, for giving us food. You are super. We are thankful. Thank you, God, for giving us food. And I just started cracking up because, and she even had these little like, like Superman arms, you know, we are super. Okay. So it was hilarious, but it got me thinking when I was doing this, like not to that extreme, but I think sometimes like when we pray, it's like. Please bless this food to our bodies. Thank you, God. We're thankful. Please be the, you know, amen. Like, it's just like, you know, almost that, you know. I'm laughing because right? we have Sunday dinners yeah. uh, every Sunday, right? That would yeah. be a good day to not, have Sunday uh, not dinners. Not on Monday. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it's been a thing in my family, a tradition in my family forever. I think I mentioned this before, but just being kids growing up, being busy with sports, 
Yeah. Some days during the week we had dinner together, but if we didn't, for whatever reason, Sunday was the day we were all together. Yeah. And this actually expanded to include friends. Nice. We just had a bunch of people over this last Sunday, mm-hmm. friends and family over for dinner. And we always say the same prayer. You do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's safe, right? It's safe. And it's like, I told, I so relate to that. It's kind of the same thing. Like, um, you but know, now I, I may switch family. it up and use the Superman You should one. totally use the I, Superman Because that was fun. One. And if oh, you yeah. could see Catherine, the she's actually doing the movements super, here. Yeah. So uh, I never forgot that. I just, um, anyway. Um, so I think if we look at that, we say, okay, how can we go deeper, right? We don't want to get stuck in the Superman uh, theme song prayer. So I'm thinking that the first step really is in recognizing where we're coasting in our relationship with God. If it's in the same Sunday prayer, if it's in the same worship songs, if it's in the same verses and the same devotionals, right? How can we step out of that and grow? And so when we think everything is going along just fine, so we don't feel the need to really stay connected on a daily basis, I think that's where we're more apt to fall into this autopilot, right? And I think... Gina, I would Mm. love to get your insight on this because I know you were a flight attendant for those of you (laughs) listening that didn't know that. Um, I'm picturing Gina in her cute little flight attendant (laughs) uniform. Did you have the little hat that was like, okay, so that's like way pre your time. (laughs) Okay. So you though, you have some funny and interesting observations about that. So you want to tell us? Yeah. You know, I was just thinking that about autopilot in the way that We think that life can be going along and when we're not completely engaged and how we can just kind of go through the motions. And um, I was telling Catherine about, you know, just talking about being on autopilot and and, and the dangers in that and, you know, what what can happen from that. And and then uh, just about when I was a flight attendant and, you know, you walk down the aisles and people are just, you kind of just assume as a passenger that the pilots are up there and they're totally, completely, um, you know, engaged in what they're doing and, you know, the head's in the game and they're just paying complete attention to what's going on. And the fact is, that's not the case. And now during takeoff and landing, they are completely, you know, I would engaged. hope so. Yeah. I mean, because they They're have not on to, their phones at that time. They have to actually um, take off and land the plane. But while you're in a flight, say you're on a six-hour flight, they're an autopilot. The, the plane's flying itself. Mm-hmm. And so we'd have to go up to give the first officer or the captain a break. And so you sit in there in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And so... Oh, yeah, they're on their phones, they're on their tablet, they're reading a book, they're taking a quick little cat nap, anything but, you know, what people sitting back there are thinking they're doing, yeah. you know. So which you're doing the same like, thing as what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly what flight. you're yeah. doing, they're doing up there, except that they are listening for, um, and they're tuned into the radio, to the tower um, that will speak their name, their call name. And a lot of airlines have call names. And um, I worked for Virgin America and we were Redwood. Mm-hmm. And so when they would hear Redwood, their ears would perk up. They would tune right in. Oh, they're talking to me. They're speaking to me. So they would say Redwood and then the flight number after that. And that would get their attention, full attention. And I thought that some of the call names were fun. And uh, like Virgin Australia was Velocity and... Um, I think British Airways was uh, speed. 
Speedbird or something? Speedbird. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, Speedbird. Speedbird. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but they had call names, and that was just so they would get their attention and draw them back into, you know, what they're supposed to be doing and paying attention there. And um, so we were talking about call names and what our call names might be. What would... What would someone call us? And then, you know, the movie out right now, you know, Top with Gun, Top mm-hmm. Gun and Maverick and how they all on their helmets have their their names there. Yeah. So what's yours, Catherine? Mine, I think, would be Sun Bear. You know how there's a Sun Bear, but my last name being Bear. Bear. So I think I would take Sun Bear. And what does that mean? Well, you know me. I love being outside. I got to be out in the sun. I got to be out there, and I'm a Tend bear. Tend to your garden. Yeah. yeah, not too deep. Not too deep on that one. How about you? Well, this isn't going to surprise you, but when we were kind of like tinkering around with like what our call name would be, I started to take a quiz, and then I got really impatient because it was too long of a quiz, <laughs> and I thought it would be one of those things where I would get to all the way to the end, and then it would ask me for money to oh, give them my yeah. call sign or, or your whatever. email. So yeah. I just abandoned it completely. So I don't really know. But then I saw that there was the top ranked call names from Top Gun. So mm-hmm. I started going through them and I came across Chipper. And I really <laughs> liked it. It actually reminds me a lot of soccer because chipping the ball is something uh. that you do in soccer when you want to try and get it up and over. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with Chipper. like it. It could also work for golf. Yes, Shipping if I knew balls. how to do that yeah, in golf. That's true. Sometimes that's true. I do it on accident, but yeah. not on purpose. Yeah. What about you, Gina? What would yours I, be? No, crybaby, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what uh, my title would that be. That one's not that hard to decipher. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Um, yeah, you know, so I think it's, it's pretty clear. I'm just picturing God using our call names, right, to get our attention. Like, sun bear over, you know, yeah. like, come in, chipper. Pay attention, chipper. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely something that, um, that we're going to look at. At, you know, God's desire to for us not to be lukewarm and on autopilot. Mm. But I thought before we dive into that, we can look at really what does autopilot mean in terms of like a psych- psychological aspect, right? So most people develop habits to deal with complex tasks in different areas. I mean, we all do it. We've got our way of, you know, I do it when I'm driving, right? For like a long period of time. It's like, you just kind of go the same route. You do the same thing. It's almost like muscle memory. You know how to get there and you can have conversations on the phone. You can be listening to our podcast, right? You can be going into different places in your mind, but you're still driving. You're still doing an action, right? Um, that way. And so I think it's interesting when you look at that and you would compare that like to our faith being on mm-hmm. autopilot, you know, mm-hmm. and doing, doing something like that. But in a psychological aspect, it's defined as the ability to act without really thinking. And this happens when a behavior becomes over learned. Mm. And I thought that was so fascinating. You know, when you look at faith, can faith really ever be over learned? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. So the reason for us putting our faith on autopilot would not be because it's over learned, but it might be the result of doing the same thing over and over and over again and not pushing our boundaries, right? And stretching ourselves. Um, And so I could suggest that I think God does that for us. 
you know, he's going to put us in a situation. He's going to bring challenging people. Mm. He's going to bring whatever it is, right, to us, to our feet that we're going to have to wrestle with. And it forces us out of this sort of like the doldrums, right, of the same old, same old and getting us into a new place where we have to wrestle with that. That's really interesting. It almost reminds me even of working out, right? Mm. It's really... I Working think gone, new muscles. gone is the day where you go to the gym and you, you know, do your curls yep. and then you go over to the squat machine and, yeah. you know, you do the same thing all the time. The concept of working out is really variety. Yeah. Right. And using new muscles mm-hmm. and tricking the body to be able to respond differently. And so it's, it's not surprising that that would happen with our faith too, yeah. to get us out of some sort of rut that we yeah. may be in. A hundred percent. And, you know, we don't, God doesn't want us to stay in this place. Um, and, you know, Jesus acknowledges it in Matthew 15, 8, when he says, these people honor me with their words, but their hearts are far from me. Mm. And I think if you really take that in and you think about what he's saying, you know, you have people who outwardly display Right, that or they say are, the words. Yeah, they mm-hmm. say the words or whatever the actions may be. And I think of that verse where he's talking about. Um, I believe it was uh, someone that was doing something out in public, and I'll have to pull it together. Praying. Which one it was? Was it praying? And he said that they've received their reward in full. Yeah. That they're actually out, you know, displaying this right, but in actuality, their hearts are far from him, and so their reward really is just what other people think of them. Yeah. Oh, aren't they good? Pray, you know good prayer warriors, right? Mm -hmm. That's their reward in full. But Jesus wants so much more. And in Revelation 3.16, it is stated even harsher where it says, so because you are lukewarm, you're neither hot or cold. I will spit you out of my mouth. And many versions actually use vomit you out of my mouth. Ouch. I was reading um, a commentary this weekend on uh, Revelation and that verse came up and it was Mm -hmm. talking about that very thing, that it's actually better to be cold than lukewarm. Um, He was just referencing sometimes when you're cold, you're looking at the circumstance that you're in lukewarm you're just there you know uh you might when you're cold see the need for something else and and then talking about literally when it says vomiting out of mat you make god sick Mm -hmm. and that i was like like, whoa "Whoa." that is a big old word picture i mean i could really see that of like our complacency our just going through the motions makes him sick he wants us to be truly engaged, not just say we're engaged, but that our actions and our words align. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it also seems like by doing so, we could be ungrateful. You're ungrateful, rather. Mm-hmm. It's something where, you know, for us to be engaged with God and to go through this, like a meaningful, intentional prayer life, yeah. right? We're thankful. We're recognizing what he has given us. I think to just go through the motions, the lukewarm approach mm-hmm. is it's disrespectful in that way and um, disingenuine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Kristen, you were just talking about, you know, working out and comparing it to that. And I read this article that I thought was really interesting. And it was um, about my mountain bike riding, which, of course, I've never done. But <laughs> <laughs> I still thought it was like an interesting... You didn't need to say that. We knew. So you're... <laughs> 
Right. Well, for any of you who don't know, yes, I have never so done funny. mountain bike riding. But it was the article was saying this guy that that when you're mountain bike riding, that you really have to keep your speed up to keep the momentum because it actually helps you navigate all the obstacles. And if you're going to go over rocks or twigs or, you know, something in the road, that that speed will help you get through them and over them. And that when you kick back and you're just coasting and then all of a sudden an obstacle comes up, it's much harder to have to get back up pedaling hard enough and fast enough that you can get around and through that obstacle. But if that you just keep your momentum going at a steady pace, that you don't have to work so hard to get up to where you need to be when those obstacles come along. And I thought, gosh, that's sort of what this is talking about, is keeping our momentum up in our mm -hmm. spiritual walk with God so we don't find ourselves, you know, all the way down to where we're having to start at the beginning and try to build up enough speed. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I can see that. But it's also, if you guys think about this, it will go against um, what makes sense in our minds and logic. Because if you're talking about going over bumps, which could be symbolic of obstacles and trials in our life and rocks and all this different stuff to go at it fast feels unnatural like you want to approach it and like analyze and how am I going to navigate this and slow maybe down. this way or yeah slow down like caution mm -hmm. you know what I, yet in order to get through that you've got to come at it fast well think about I, I mean one word comes to mind that differentiates why you would go slow versus fast and that's confidence mm -hmm. Right. You would go fast to get over that hill if you knew that that was going to benefit you. And if you knew what was on the other side of that hill and, if you know, you would. But if you're not as confident and you're scared or you're mm -hmm. unsure or uncertain, you're more likely to slow down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you would need to have, obviously, confidence in God, not in your own abilities, oh, but in right. his. Yeah. Right. Um, when you're looking at it from a faith aspect. Um, but really, you know, when we stop growing in God, you know, when we stop, we stop going to God, we stop growing in God. I mean, if you think about it, it's really that simple. Okay. And, you know, you could argue that going to God nightly and saying, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, you know, like that prayer, like over and over and over. Over. Yeah. <laughs> you just say like the same prayer over and over and over again, and you're not really stretching yourself. You are still going to God, but you might be doing so in a lukewarm manner, right? That isn't necessarily hot or cold. You're just reciting the same prayers, and you could make the argument that it's at that state where we stop growing. Mm -hmm. And really learning, too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I, my husband and I talk about this a lot because he's so dang smart. I mean, he remembers so many different things and topics and we watch Jeopardy, and I might get like two or three right oh the my whole gosh. time. And he's like, it's bam, the same bam, with Todd, bam, I know. bam. And yeah. we often talk about... Um, I feel like a, 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 a portion of my maybe success grade-wise in school was really tied to me memorizing a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was like the note card queen, right? Mm -hmm. I could – even when I was a kid, all those like memory card games and stuff, I was really good at. And I always thought that that was a good thing. And I'm not saying it's bad and, you know, the short-term memory versus long-term and all that stuff. But I felt like I was able to get through school because I memorized a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But 
I didn't retain a lot of it because I didn't actually like really learn mm -hmm. the material. So it was more of like short-term success to get through the test. Whereas I feel like my husband spent a lot more time actually learning the information and it's helped him as we've gotten older, be able to kind of put all the pieces together with different aspects. And I always go back and I think to myself, like if I could tell myself to do it differently, it would be to not take maybe the easier way and mm -hmm. actually really learn the information. But I think that that's really true here too. Like God wants us to have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Memorizing a prayer and just saying the same thing every single night, that's not having a relationship. That's not talking right. to your best friend about what's going well and what's not going well. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? It's really the difference between reciting and comprehending. Yeah. Right? Like to take a moment and to really understand. That's why I love to dig deep into the meaning of words because it will show you so much more. It'll take you to that deeper level to really comprehend what it is that you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Um, now I know Gina, going back to the, um, mountain biking story, you had it in, we're talking about momentum, right? And the ability to navigate things you had mentioned about, there's a part of David's story that yeah. is relevant to this. And we're talking about King David, of course, um, and his temptation with Bathsheba. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just made me think about David, this mighty warrior and king and a man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. um, but at a time in David's life um, in the spring is when the story is and his men were out at war and David is usually right there with him. That's the kind of leader he was. And but this time, David is just staying home. He's just hanging out at home relaxing, kicking back. And I thought about that. He was just coasting and not doing what he was called to do as a king. And at that time that he was home, he looked over and saw Bathsheba bathing and then called her to his house and fell into that temptation. And then Bathsheba became pregnant. You know, we know the story. And then the only way to, he called her husband home um, to try to cover up and so that her, her husband would sleep with her and then she would, he would think it's his child. But he was so true to um, his king that he wouldn't sleep with his wife. He wouldn't sleep in the house. It was like by the door, ready to go if he was needed. And so David had to come up with another scheme, and that was to have him killed, put him up at the front line and have him killed. And so here what David thought was this innocent, just staying at home, coasting because I don't need to really be fully engaged, ended up him being in this weakened state that he gave into a temptation. And then from that temptation, it just got worse. And then he had to find himself at a point of complete repentance, you know, and realizing what it was that he had done and how he had sinned before God and, and totally turned his life around at that time. But that wouldn't have happened if he stayed mm -hmm. engaged doing what he's supposed to do. And I think it's in those times that we get lukewarm in our faith or we're on autopilot and we're kind of just going through the motions that it can be really dangerous for us. When mm -hmm. temptation comes along, we're just not strong enough to withhold. And I, I think too, it's important to note about who we're talking about here. 
And if it can happen to King David, yeah. it will happen to any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an individual that killed Goliath, mm-hmm. right? I mean, more Bible stories than we can, you know, imagine. Wrote most of the uh, Psalms, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Did that. Uh, Solomon, King Solomon's father, right? right? You just look at like, if this can happen to him, it can happen to any of us. Yeah. And And at this time, it was before... Uh, it was like in between his two journeys of like living in the wilderness, right? This happened right smack in between that. The first one, of course, being chased by Saul and the second one running from his son, Absalom, Mm -hmm. I believe. So, um, so he's on the run, you know, and this is in between when things are good and he's living in the palace and, you know, he's the king and whatever. So I think that that is important to note that this can sneak up on us in times of comfort, in times when things are going okay. I mean, he was not uh, really on autopilot when he's living in caves and on the run right. from Saul. He's writing psalms that are saying, how long, oh Lord, how long, right. you know? Um, so I think that these times can come in seasons when things are pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. Or I might challenge and say they can come in times where we really don't want to face something where there's something tough and we just don't want to face it. And so we're going to go on that autopilot mode because it's safer Mm -hmm. um, and it's the, quote, safer choice, Mm -hmm. unquote. Yeah, I agree. There's different reasons that we could be doing that. You know, even the busyness thing, we just get so caught up in the busyness of our life that we're not really spending time with God, even when we're saying a quick prayer here and there. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves needing him. And so then we're calling out to him, you know, loudly. Hello, hello. (laughs) Right, right. I know I've been saying my Superman prayer, but I'm mixing it up now. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, that's Superman prayer. That that takes the cake. I love tell it. you. Yes. Uh, but but there are ways, guys, that we can turn it around. So yeah. when we do find ourselves in this uh, place, uh, complacent, right, and uh, autopilot, there really are three steps that we can do um, for our uh, repounding recap this week and our action item. If you find yourself in this place, the first step is to pay attention. So be mindful of what you have learned. Um, in Hebrews 2.1, it says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. And that's the NIV version. Mm-hmm. So really, the first thing is to like stop and ask yourself, am I driving on autopilot here or am I paying attention to what God is putting in my path mm-hmm. and people that he's putting in our path? Um, number two, actively listen to God. So reading and seeking his word. So God obviously speaks to us as we read the Bible, as we pray, we can hear and listen to his voice. Uh, And Matthew 4, 4 says, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we are to actively listen. And I love the difference between like how people define actively listening. And I think, 
you can correct me, Kristen, I'm sure you've had this in your leadership training along the way, but I think it's something where you're giving feedback or nods or actively engaged, right? Like, mm-hmm, or I hear you or whatever. You're confirming that you're, you're listening. But the point is, is that you're not daydreaming and thinking about what you're going to make for dinner and or you're thinking not about what you're going to say next. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest, you guys, and, and with all the women that I've talked with about this that have come through the encourage program this is one that a lot of women struggle with because at night they're making their lists of everything they've got to do and they've got kids to pick up and they've got laundry and they've got this errand and they've got that and so you know we carry a lot and men may also struggle with staying on track in this regard I just know women have been more forthcoming with like hey in fact, there was one gal who really shared with me um, that she has to lay down when she prays because if she doesn't, she literally, like if she's up or moving or walking, her mind cannot stay on that one track of mm-hmm. actively listening to God. So it's a challenge and it's something that we have to you know, really put our effort into. And then the last thing is obeying God. So doing what he says. So once we're fully listening, right, and we're paying attention and we're actively listening to him, now we have to follow through with what is it that God is saying. So James 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Mm-hmm. So God is present. We're paying attention. We're listening to him. He's presented a request to us or nudging us to do something. And if we listen, but we don't obey, this is saying it's dead. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting, interesting mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. I think those are the ways that we re-engage and get in with it. You know, yeah. when we are spending time with God, when we are reading his word, when we are praying, when we are listening to him, then we are keeping our momentum going and our relationship with him. Yeah. And so, um, and I thought of something, Christian, uh, stop yearning, stop learning. How about that? (laughs) I like that. Stop going, stop growing. We can just do this all day. Yeah. Well, you can. I can't. I'm not that quick. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if you think about it in that context, it's really about... What do I need to do to get off of autopilot and get to a place where I'm actively communing with God and praying, I'm hearing him, I'm growing. And I know that's where our heart is. That's where we all want to be. But I think life interrupts us, for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. distracts us. And as they say, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, right? So it's getting you out of that busy state and just being present with God. Yeah. Well, there's another verse in Matthew 15, 8 that said, these people honor me with their words, but their hearts are far Mm -hmm, from me, mm -hmm. right? And it makes me think of that, that you can be reciting away, but if you don't really feel it and it's not coming from your heart, it's not the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, God wants the best for our lives, right? Mm -hmm. So part of that is actively being engaged with him. And so this absolutely is not meant as a guilt trip for anyone. I think we've all fallen. I mean, like we said, if King David can, it's just it's just a matter of when, not if. Mm-hmm. And so when you find yourself on autopilot, 
when you see ways to open up and become more engaged with God. We just wanted to offer you a few ideas today to help get the train back on the track. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. Moving forward. And um, we hope that's been helpful to you. So we want to encourage you this week to go deeper with God, to take some of these steps. And um, we hope that that will be helpful to you this week. And on that note, have a rebounding week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.